1: He e tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa.
2: Kia ora, hardy mai, and welcome to Caucus for 2023. Doesn't three years just fly by? Um, welcome back into your favourite politics podcast. We're here again for another season, polished, ready to go. Um, it's campaign time, although it kind of seems like... We're almost running a bit late because so much has been happening in politics recently. On the other hand, it is 71 days still to go until the oh. election. The House doesn't even rise till the end of the month. But here we are. Most of the gang is back. Let me reintroduce the crew. She's Lisa Allen.
3: Why, thank you, Guyon Esvena. Nice <laughs> to see you.
2: That's the old crew. And here's the new crew. Not Scott Campbell. Not Scott Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> so in NSC, not Scott Campbell, exactly. is otherwise known as Julian Wilcox. Thank you for having me. Scott. good my welcome in. Really nice to have you here. Yeah, no, great to be here. Um, uh, really good to have a new caucus member. Today on uh, the show, our agenda is to set the scene for this election that's coming up in October. Um, because, as I say, there's a fair bit going on already. What New Zealanders are going to see from us in the coming election
4: campaign is a very optimistic vision about the future of the country. I can deliver,
1: and I will deliver, and a government I lead will focus on the things that matter and deliver results that will improve New Zealanders' life because this, that is what it's all about, and that's why I'm here. ACT won't take the positions in government if we're not going to deliver real change. Māori are not the problem waiting to be punished. We are the solution, we are the opportunity waiting to happen. We are flipping the tax uh, upside down, GST off Kai, uh, capital gains tax.
4: Obviously you've heard that Chris Hipkins as the Labour leader has ruled out a wealth tax and a capital gains tax. I do think that the Labour
1: Party have got this wrong, yes I do.
4: Ultimately this isn't about me or about us, it's about New Zealanders. Um, and they want to see us focused on cost of living, on law and order, on the issues that matter to them, and that's where our focus will be.
1: National's going to be pro-growth, we're going to be pro-innovation, we're going to be pro-investment.
3: Our first priority is to get as many votes, as many Green MPs as possible to influence the direction of the next government. That is our priority, that is what we are focused on.
2: A lot of focus, a lot of things that matter to New Zealanders in there. What does matter to New Zealanders? What are we going to be focused on in the next few months, guys? seems like a really back-to-basics election,
1: doesn't it? Yeah. Um, focused around those key issues. I guess that that's often the case, but um, National's certainly running a, a really back-to-basics campaign mm-hmm. focused on
2: roads, cost of living. Getting New Zealand order. back on track.
3: Or back, or back to the future, because what I thought listening to that montage of voices was it could almost be any election, but for maybe one voice in the comments of one person in there. And I think it has been the longest winter of discontent Kiwis are struggling hard out. Mortgage payments, um, rentals that aren't up to scratch, putting kai on the table, grocery bills going up, and it's kind of bah humbug. And, And
2: in the shadow of COVID, I mean, this is actually not just this winter, right?
3: Yeah,
0: I mean, I think part of it is also there's not a lot for people to vote for. There's a lot for people to vote against. And when you have an election like that, people tend to not turn out. So political turnout, voter turnout is going to be interesting later on. But yeah, if it's going I to be, be close, if it's going to be a
2: close one, that that could spark. Yeah, they okay, could have yeah. real impacts. And I think yeah. the other
0: thing you're, you're right, Lisa, about political humbug. There's a lot of bar humbug going on. You know, people are worried about what they're going to do tomorrow. They're going to be worried about food on the table and all that kind of stuff. And there's not a lot of inspiration and invigoration for people who want to go and vote for someone or for something.
1: Yeah, you've got this situation where people are, are quite down, aren't mm-hmm. they? I mean, it just in your, in your personal experience, just in your dealings with people, mm. um, you, you know, I can't remember a time where, you know, th- there's just a real lack of optimism. And there's a lot of broken parts to Aotearoa at the moment, and so, and, and you're really feeling like that, that is not a good place for an incumbent. Oh, I was going to say incumbent right? is not your friend, yeah, then, right? So so national, you know, in the normal swing of things, should should be a, a lot further ahead than they are. I mean, well, I see the poll last night. What well, is let's it, thirty seven, thirty two, sort of thing? Yeah, let's look at the... these polls
2: because there's been a couple, and they seem to be aligning now. The the one news and three yeah. um, three polls. So yeah, finish your numbers. Well,
1: where are we for for nationals at close to thirty seven? Labor close to. 32. The interesting thing for me is those flank parties obviously act to, to, to National's right flank uh, still just over 12%. It's a pretty remarkable result for them and the Green vote holding up at 10%. So pretty unusual to be starting a, a, a campaign and see the two major parties you're not sh- not far shy of the mid-30s. That's pretty low for our major parties.
3: And the flanks are growing. So you pointed out the numbers the solid numbers that Act and Green and the Greens have. And they're, they're tracking upwards, 1.3%, yeah. 1.5% and climbing. And with the exception of Te Paati Māori, who had a less than 1% dip, I think, in that particular poll, um, they have been making relatively consistent gains. I mean, David Seymour must be twisting his hands together. <laughs> or t- or, <laughs> or twisting. This,
2: this would be ACK's first time in double figures. They've never got bef- below, um, above 7%. Something percent, um, which they did in what ninety nine and two thousand and two. Yeah. So best result ever of seven point one four. They are consistently looking at at um, double figures. Twelve. Teams. So yeah, yeah. So, good, so why it? are
0: they so popular though? That's the question that many people are
3: they kind the, of the new national me. party?
2: Well, are they an alternative? Are they a way to not vote for the government um, without if you don't particularly. Love the National Party. Yeah.
1: Well, you you could if you look at um, if you look at those numbers, thirty six percent. I mean, a, a popular National Party under a John Key type figure was forty seven percent, right? So that's 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 where that, that's the difference. It's Christopher Luxon uh, leading a National Party seen as okay, but not inspiring. He obviously hasn't really inspired the centre right, has he? So you can carve off that um, under a John Key type National Government that was that was very popular among their, the the centre right. He had, he'd he he'd sucked up all of that ground and left almost no space for act. So, yeah, a bit of kudos to Seymour. He's a good performer. He's, you know, he, he's interesting. He, yeah. he knows how to work the media. So give him all that. But part of that reason, in my view, is because Christopher Luxon, while he's doing OK, has not inspired the well, centre-right. We'll get to the
2: leadership in a minute, but yeah, pick
3: up. Yeah, well, I was going to say, at 36.6%, leaders get sacked for a whole lot. <laughs> You know, well, higher like... <laughs> higher grades than that.
2: Well, I think
1: Shira I think Shira went at about thirty-five. A similar back number, the day, wasn't it?
2: And look, I was looking at nineteen ninety-six was the most similar. When you've seen the third parties this strong across the board in the in the middles, usually you've got a a relatively dominant player in Dune, a key, um, a Clark, somebody who's actually kind of more noticeably stronger, right? Um, that thing. But if you go back to nineteen ninety-six, you've got. Uh, the Nats ended up on thirty one with thirty three percent. Labour on twenty eight. New Zealand f- First thirteen. Alliance ten. So that's a bit similar, right? That's similar kind of yeah. numbers. Where the the, the further but right parties But you also had a very during, strong Winston Peters. With you had the MP so election the in nineteen ninety three. So is so is David Seymour now really taking that? Yeah, I, I think he's been Winston he's, to the punch
0: on a whole bunch of things that Winston's trying to talk about. Is, now. Which has been Winston's moving into left that, left that space for a couple of yeah.
2: elections now. Is it, it's kind of is it actually happened now? Yeah,
0: but I think the, the difference also is you've got someone like Brooke Van Velden who who people really like the look of and and actually, when you talk to people on the ground about it, Brooke, they, they like what she says and how she says it. Yeah. She's a very, very appealing part of the ACT Party, whereas previously, all you had was David Seymour, who used to say some fairly kind of rebellious, renegade things. When you've got someone like Brooke Van Velden, who's also a real good chance, and I know we'll talk about electorates later on, but mm-hmm. tamaki she's got a really good chance. Someone like that actually appeals to a wider sector of New Zealand, and they're getting more
2: votes as a result, or more support as a result, anyway. But ACT will bring in... It's, it's The thing is that with ACT, it's, it's even beyond those well, there, two, there right? there are others. You are. need to keep going down yeah. the list, because at 12%, you're going to bring in a, a real tonne of, of, of MPs. People don't tend to look that far down. No, like they, they don't. They
3: and that was the situation when you had that sort of landslide for Labour, and then you would be looking at the pictures of the Prime Minister with the front row standing behind her and then the others, and you'd think, who's that? Yeah.
1: You know, so... And then, and then some guy would come out and blow things up from number sort of, you know, 59. I've already forgotten his name, but... It, 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 <laughs> (laughs) It does happen.
3: Yeah, totally. And I know you want to talk about leaders in in a moment, but when you look at the popularity of Christopher Luxon, which you have raised, Guyon, just going to put it out there, um, David Seymour is um, nipping at his heels, not not that far off the pace. And so if they were to go into a coalition together, all right, brace for it, um, does the main party have to have the prime minister? <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. No, I. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Winston Peters has raised this a few times, not unsurprisingly. Yeah, but but I... yeah. Look, I mean, uh, it's an interesting <laughs> idea, and constitutionally, no. But um, yeah. Look, I mean, politically, I, I, I though, think I think it would be uh, it would be a zero chance of anyone other than Christopher Luxon leading leading it, it that, takes that government. Very... I would also point out too that you know New Zealanders do sometimes vote for parties with leaders who aren't that charismatic. Yeah. And yeah. And Helen Clark, I mean, mm. those of us are there in the gallery at the time, I mean, she, in my view, went on to be, I would say, a, a great Prime Minister. You know, she was, a, she was a very, very good Prime Minister. When she was in opposition And in, in 99, I think they got 39% of the vote, n- no one was screaming and voting for Helen Clark. There was no Clark mania. No. Similarly for Bolger. Now, again, Bolger, I think, um, did his best to lead New Zealand um, in, in a solid way. No one, there was no Bolger mania. Well, so is, you, this you is... can have pretty solid Prime yeah, Ministers. So I
3: wouldn't worry too much. But it's got got to be one of two things, doesn't it, Guyon? Or a combination of those two things. I'm interested in everyone's thoughts on this. You've either got to have charisma and capability Mm. or be highly capable. Mm. And it's not that people think that they want you over for a barbecue, but they... They trust, trust you. you. Well, look,
2: I, the, that point about <laughs> of Winston Peters and Jim Bolger is a funny one. I remember the very first time I interviewed a Prime Minister was Jim Bolger when he was Prime Minister. And I said, I was still like about 20, and I said, Prime Minister, the National Party is really popular and Winston Peters is really popular and you're not. Why don't you get out of the way and let um, ensure your party wins by, by, letting, by letting... So you're annoying people <laughs> leaving but, it it was, back then. It was. And I remember I never, he said... You're a very naive young man who knows very little about politics, don't you? <laughs> was, so to it, answer your question, Lisa, it's too naive. It, uh, as, as that yeah. naive young man, there's no way Seymour could actually get yeah. the role, could he? Luxon's going to...
0: Well. No, but, but I think the other thing about Luxon is, is that what New Zealand like, uh, reluctant leaders... So, if you have a look at someone like John Key, I mean, it wasn't like John Key went out and said, I want to be Prime Minister. This guy, everyone knows, got into politics because he wants to be Prime Minister. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty much yeah. said so.
3: And so I think yeah, that buddy. rubs
0: people a little bit. They know that's what he wants. Yeah. But the other part, you're right. I mean, you look at him in the way he does press conferences. And when he answers questions, the guy's got an answer before the reporter's ever finished answering uh, asking the question <laughs> itself. He doesn't take the breath. He doesn't stop. He goes straight away. And that's what leads him to say things that ordinarily I don't think he'd probably say, but he does it because he's trying to be forthright and, and earnest, but also really straight every time it comes up. And I think that has a people rub against it. And he and it seems like to be
2: it. reliant on on the kind of talking points you're talking about. And we heard an example of that not happening on um, ZB this week. What's the cost and the time frame on Mount Vic? Uh, well, the cost on
0: that one is... Uh, I haven't got that right before me, but I've got that in detail. But it, um, we've got... Uh, I can tell you, Mike, I've got that detail right in front of me. Uh, Mount Vic is... It's about $2.2 billion, um, and we want to get going with that pretty quickly. And I'm sorry, I've got all these details about 30 projects in front of me.
3: Um,
2: so, yeah. Is that what you're talking about, Julian? Yep, <laughs> yep,
0: yeah, yeah. uh, a, a little bit of that. And Key, Key would nail this stuff, right? And if he didn't know it, he'd find a way of getting around it. And this guy's just, just still a bit raw and fresh. But I think the other thing, and if you, the other thing about um, the current Prime Minister, and what, only 24 25% or whatever it is in the latest poll, you know, uh, Chris Hipkins is again not someone who's inspiring people to vote for him. And I think that's because his political opportunity that Hipkins has missed, that whole sit down and have a cup of tea thing, mm. isn't appealing to people who want to get out and vote Labour.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd agree with that. I mean, Hipkins has been running a campaign about, hey, look at all these Labour policies I don't want to implement. It's mm. <laughs> uh, a really bizarre offensive crouch to have got yourself into. Is it just too January. soon, though? I mean, well, no, I don't know if it's too soon. I mean, it's just like, well, what are you actually, I mean... Uh, what do the, you stand the, for? The policy bonfire was their big thing. Hey, we've got this bonfire and it's growing and burning and smoking in the backyard because I'm throwing all these policies. Oh, the merger, I'll oh, throw that on the... Here's a whole bunch of other stuff we're not going to do. It seems like he's running a sort of a reverse campaign. So, and and oh, we're not going to do a wealth tax and we're not going to do all, all these Labour things. Um, it seems like quite a defensive crouch to have got yourself into uh, in, in election year.
3: Which, when I started off by saying the long winter of discontent, mm. you can see that even in members of Chris Hipkin's own party and his own MPs and Cabinet Ministers, and David Parker is an example of that. And and that ties into your bonfire because, I mean... The bonfire just, of Cabinet. Yeah, he just stoked <laughs> it with a David Parker um, well, policy. He put, he put his well, own
2: well, resignation letter on, on there, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> we'll come back Shut to down. David Parker, but let's just play the, the clip because you're right, there's been a bonfire around Cabinet. Um, so Chris Hipkins has kind of tried to run a a campaign that said, you know, I'm going to be labour and basic like this. My government
4: will bring a strong clarity, sense of purpose and priority to helping New Zealanders through these tough economic times. Our focus will be on the right now and the bread and butter issues that people care about.
2: So that's that's the big to basics that he's tried to do that you're talking about Guyne, but what he's ended up having to talk about is this.
4: I spoke to Kitty the first thing this morning, just before 7 a.m. I advised her that I did not believe that she was in a fit state to hold a ministerial warrant. She expressed remorse and had already uh, sent me a message just before that advice, um, indicating that she intended to resign.
2: So it's not—he's not, not campaigning what he wants to campaign on right now. Yeah, it's it's a cumulative effect thing. The Kitty the people say that,
0: and when when the news broke about Kitty Allen that this was potentially going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back and all that kind of stuff, it's a cumulative effect of, you know, Nash and everyone else that's happened. But it's also not having strong policy or something different that makes people get behind you. Mm. You know, 2020 they had a massive mandate. They should have been talking about a wealth tax or capital gains, or even if they wanted GST or food, they should have been talking about it then and moving so that they could get it in place before this election, and they didn't. They squandered it. I think they took Porsches' cautionary words to Bassanio too literally, right? I pray you parry before you hazard. And they parried everything before they hazarded and now they're in a position of not offering anything. That may change over the next couple of days but it's probably too late. Right,
2: so but, are they, are they going to hazard in the next few months though? Because they've clearly got stuff up their sleeves, right? Yeah, but
1: I, I'd agree with Julian. I, I think um, this this is a massive wasted opportunity. I mean, yeah. how often, if ever, are you going to get a clear majority? I mean, they could ban cats from dairies if they wanted to. Yeah, I mean, you can do absolutely anything you mean you the past three years? Well, they, they could. Yeah. 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 And, and, yeah. and they look back and go, I mean, I, I imagine that those there would have been discussions like that from someone who said, look, we're going to get booted out at some point. Why don't we put some legacy stuff in here? What have they got to look back on other than the COVID response, which in my view was excellent. Yeah. And that's um, probably and what they would say, right? we sure, had a pandemic to get through, so sure, we couldn't do all the other stuff. But, but if you look to the Clarks and cullens and the, and the yeah. Kiwi savers and the working for families and you look back at governments that, that have actually left legacy there, um, you know, with a majority, w- w- what a wasted opportunity.
3: Well, wasn't the legacy policy going to be the social income insurance, right? Um, and that mm. went, yeah. that went in, in the bonfire. And, yeah. and, and, and they have said, oh, no, it's on, excuse the pun, back burner, but it's... <laughs> it's
1: smouldering away there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
3: it, come right. on, you know, yeah. it's gone. No, it's, it's, yeah, for, yeah. For, yeah, of course it is, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, this probably isn't a good good example.
0: They should have done a Bjelke-Peterson and, uh, Hmm. not Jobyelke-Peterson, sorry, Gough-Whitlam. They should have done a Gough-Whitlam and just done heaps of policy and put National, if they are a new government, in a position where they can't wind any of it back. Because there's so much of it, so now obviously Goff Whitlam went down at the end. But you know, go out fighting like a hurricane. Mm. Don't be like the blues well, and lose by fifty points in the semi-final. That's go down for something.
1: <laughs> if you're going to lose, go down for something. I reckon yeah. that there would have been those discussions. Um, you know, in well, in, in, well, in, in, in like there was. And, but yeah. it, it, and sh- certainly David Parker yeah. must have been arguing that. And you know, let's put our money where our mouths are and, and do a wealth tax. This is what Labor is. But that's the and, th- had to, he, and
3: Grant Robertson, because it's their names, both those ministers. Yeah. Uh, it's those were their papers in advance from Treasury. It was their policy. David Parker has made no secret of the fact of what he supports. And ultimately if anyone bothered to read those papers and advice the devil is in the detail or not. We would be talking about 46,000 individuals on this $5 million threshold, mm. and it's only every dollar over the 5000000 million you're going to get extra tax on, um, weren't intending to introduce it, according to the Treasury papers, for a number of years. This idea that there would be a massive flood away from New Zealand inside the Treasury papers and the advice and the briefings, there is percentages of departures from other countries so people can see how many people would leave, how much it would bring in. None of those conversations are happening. Had. And, no debate. Is oh, I, had. I agree
1: with that, and and one of the major failings, and I think Adurn and Hipkins, is the inability to take a big controversial idea that will move New Zealand forward yeah. and actually get out on the stump and argue about it. Now, whether you agree with it or not, something like Key selling half the energy companies, you know, oh, he did it a year before the election said, this is what I'm going to do, vote for me or not, tried to sell the policy and, and did it. Now, I, I don't care whether you agree with that policy or not, but yeah. I'm talking about a policy that is controversial and that you actually you have, have to lead on. You stand for you actually and have you have to, to actually actually lead on. sell it. Yeah. And, and rather than not, the other way around. The, the, these guys, right from the beginning, even since 2017, whether it's capital gains or wealth tax, a whole bunch of other stuff, have just gone, oh, no, I'm not really, even the uh, marijuana referendum, Mm -hmm. you just go, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight it. And I think that's that's quite disappointing for some politicians who have got great minds and, and are obviously very capable, but haven't been prepared
2: to fight for what they believe in. And, and you can see that, and I, I take your point through those years in terms of when Ardern was Prime Minister, but you can, you, you're can bringing it up to today. Hipkins came in, had a spike, had that bump when he, when he, when he took over. The, the guy with the track pants and the sunglasses and the sausage rolls and all that got to 28%, I think, and the preferred Prime Minister was on a bit of a roll. Did the bonfire, which perhaps was his clearing the decks, for something... And then it's been crickets, right? That's the he, he, needed he, to put he, the he then didn't yeah. the, After that, didn't yeah. it he? When did. was then the, the, the <laughs> thing that you're saying, the key policy, the Clark policy? Seems, something that it seems to me the wealth tax was going to was going
0: to happen, and well, something let's, happened, let's, and it didn't. I mean, um let's, let's, the, let's the, just, polls, the polls. The poll said the public was for this, fifty-one percent. Yeah, said that they were supporting slightly more, I think. Yeah, or even problems. more. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, and I can't understand what happened, which turned the tables. And if it was to have the cup of tea and bread and butter and all
1: this kind of stuff.
2: Let's just run through because so people know what we're talking about in terms of the. Uh, how this, this wealth thing played out. Let's just uh, remind us how, how this happened.
4: We know that wealthier New Zealanders pay on average under half the rate of tax paid by middle-income earners. But what, if anything, do we do about that in New Zealand? Well,
2: we're not providing the answers today. That's for the future. So, this was David Clark releasing the. the David, David, David Parker. Parker. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. David Parker yeah. releasing. D- so, yeah, David Clark was another casualty. <laughs> That's yeah. yeah. another one. Long long another another It could have been worse. Yeah. You could have seen Joe B. Peterson But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So yes, he's Park, out mountain biking somewhere. Parker there <laughs> saying, the tax system's broken. Here's this research from my Adrian Treasury saying that um, uh, the rich are only paying half as much as your average New Zealander in percentage points.
3: He was setting the ball up for the goal. Exactly, yeah. right. And
2: then he went on... Wealthy people should pay a fair rate of tax and at the moment uh, they don't. So there you go. There's a, the at argument AM? is yeah. coming, right? Um, and then the gun was loaded, stage was set and then Prime Minister... Uh, made a captain's call, wasn't even in the country and left his finance minister to say this.
4: Clearly we did take our time to see if we could make this work but the decision was taken not to go. Were
3: you, were you gutted that Chris Hipkins killed off your tax switch?
4: No, I wouldn't say gutted. What I would say is it's an idea that clearly I think had some merit. Uh, I wouldn't have put so much work into it if I didn't think that it had merit. Uh, but I also am a team player.
2: So there is a very disappointed finance minister and then as, as we've been alluding to, finally David Parker Said enough.
1: I thought it was untenable for me to continue, so I suggested to Chris that it was in the
4: best interest of him and the party that uh, someone else take that role.
2: Those are two very senior, very devastated Labor MPs, right? Y- yeah, yeah, and it would have been a massive story if it wasn't for the Kitty Ellen
1: uh, story, yeah. which was kind of working at the same time. This basically is a uh, a rare ministerial resignation on a, on a on a point of uh, principle. Wasn't yes. I mean,
3: what are you supposed to do? Stand there through gritted teeth because it, 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 much anticipated tax policy is going to be announced. Um, was I believe supposed to be coming out about now, and now not still haven't seen it. Not yet. But So what is he going to do? Stand there with gritted teeth, delivering a policy that is not what he wanted, potentially is not what he truly believes in. Um, you know, and some people, there was criticism and commentary about whether he had really kicked his leader in the shins at a time when um, all this other stuff was going down with Kitty Tapu, um Alan, and all the other ministers I mean, I think who he died tried to in a ditch. Argue, oh, he, tried, he,
2: did. he tried to go quietly but he's under a man, the cover of he's a man who
3: can't Lie, right, you ask no, him a straight question. No. He just, and I'm not suggesting that others are, but he just he's he gets caught in the moment, and he's like he's compelled to tell you the truth. Yeah, yeah. Well, untenable. You,
2: you, you and, and you asked him about this just the other day, in an exclusive piece of audio we've got, which didn't actually go to air, but does show you the awkward position David Parker's in.
3: One last thing: What do you think of GST or fruit and vegetables as a policy? I'm,
2: I'm not here uh, to talk about tax policy today.
3: No, I'm not asking you about your party's tax policy. I'm asking your personal opinion on whether fruit and veggies minus GST is a good thing, do you think?
4: I'm uh, here to talk about transport policy.
3: Do you not have an opinion on fruit and veg and GST?
4: Uh, I'm not
0: the spokesperson on that. Yeah, that's revealing. eh? And look, uh, you take all this into account, but particularly with David Parker's resignation, you take all this into account and you think, so what do they do now? Right. And uh, they've lost the narrative on things that they've done, like MHA and all that kind of stuff, and Te Whatu Ora and everything that's going on there. They're not going to have the wealth tax now. There are lots of New Zealanders who are, who are looking actively—young New Zealanders, by the way, who are leaving New Zealand to go to Australia in their droves now. They're talking about it actively, saying they want to go soon before the election some— and you don't have a policy that tries to get people to get in behind you to say something like a wealth tax, which would actually have not led to lots of wealthy New Zealanders leaving. They would have stayed.
2: The, no, but the, the context is interesting with, with Hipkins because he's a he's a follow-up leader, right? Mm. And Labour's had a bunch of these. I'm Sorry, I'm going to do my history thing again. But, you know, right back in the 30s, you've got um, Peter Fraser coming in after Mickey Savage, right? In the 70s, you've got Bill Rowling coming in after mm. Norman Kirk. Um, uh, you've got Palmer and Moore coming in after Longie, Labour's had kind of star, big name prime ministers followed up by people. Praise is the only one who's gone on to make a name. You know, it, So the question for Hipkins is, how does he not be Rowling? How does he not be another Bill Rowling who kind of just kind of, you know, was a decent guy and a good minister and people kind of liked him and was a good bloke, but never really caught the imagination, right? Um, and couldn't follow up the star turn before him. Is that, is Hipkins stuck still a little bit in dune shadow? And what does he do to get out of it? we're saying policy but is there anything else?
1: I think it's uh, too late for that really. really? Um mm. in in my view he um he needed to move on on that. Um, more quickly and earlier in the year there 's no pr- problem clearing the decks we 've talked about it as a bonfire, but you need to then say what you are going to do, and it has to be a bit radical It is a little bit like the sporting thing if you, if you 're a couple of points ahead and you play a really defensive game, you can end up getting crushed yeah. and, and I think that that 's what 's happened to him degree uh, to a degree. It, it feels like well, what do you stand for? We stand for being reelected yes, um, yes. and it doesn 't really feel like he 's put much more on the agenda um, s- since since then. And it's difficult to see how we can move um, from there.
3: In discussing the wealth tax, I think it's also important to point out that it wasn't just a wealth tax. It was a transfer. A the tax trans- switch. It was a, it was a tax switch. So lower income brackets were going to get tax relief out of this, and that. Which is a good is sell, right? Well, it's, it's kind of been where you lost. want to go been, into it, well, that's actually. what Labour does. Has it been yeah, lost yeah. in the conversation, the fact that it was a tax <laughs> shift? And whether you believe in this or not, whether you support this policy or not, it goes back to what Guyon was saying. Virtually zero discussion of the merits, the facts, the consequences, who would benefit from it, what would low-income brackets get, the thing that Labour would be selling to its core constituency – Arguably, mm. so we're saying
2: that that you know, Labor is not actually presenting much of a vision. And and look, they might say just well, and I think Hopkins the say, vision's going to be say, Just, you wait, food just you wait, just you wait, just you wait. But 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 what we're also picking up here is that National is not benefiting from this, right? Luxon Luxon is also pretty small target stuff, right? He's not exactly laying out a big grand vision, or is he? Is there a vision that you see in in in, in Luxon? Because why isn't why isn't National better than thirty six? Why isn't Luxon better than Oh my God! Sixteen percent preferred prime minister. He is not connecting with people, right?
3: People are depressed. I'm sorry, (laughs) they are. It's it's not it's not them. It's us. No, I think it is. I think it (laughs) is not you. It's me. It is a combination of things, like. the shopping list that we started with at the top, Westpac has done a survey in Auckland on the average mortgage with a 20% deposit that was taken out in the last three years, $1,600 extra dollars a month mm. based on that. Huge swathes of our country have been decimated in extreme weather events. Those people are knee and thigh deep still in silt. Waiting on the government, mm. waiting on the government, to negotiate a buyout package with councils. And obviously, that's a big negotiation when it comes to Wayne Brown in Auckland. So they are knee-deep in crap literally. Yeah. I, I think
1: um, you ask where National's vision is. You, you go back to 2008, can anyone remember what Key was promising? Mm-hmm. I, I bet you can't. And Because in, in New Zealand, and as the, the, the name's a bit of a giveaway, because it is what it says on the tin, that's what conservative parties well, exactly, are. It's exactly. It's a conservative party yeah. and so it, 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 whether you believe them or not, whether it's true or not they, they will tell you that they're better at managing the economy and they're going to bring in more law and order and they're going to go back to basics and teach you science and maths and in education and they're going to have targets for, for, for the health system. So so th- that's kind of what they are. And in New Zealand, are reforming radical governments, and you mm. mentioned some of them before, mm. whether it's Long Ian Douglas or whether it's um, Michael Joseph Savage and the welfare state, our big reforms have come from Labour parties and are and conservative... Management and economic um, soundness has, or the perception of that is championed by the National Party. So I think the asset is probably more on, on, on Labour's vision. I don't think that um, National will be worried about not having a big vision. I think that, that they are going to try and convince the electorate look, things, your mortgages, your delivery, your system of government is going to be better magically under yeah. us. Capability now, whether and it's tax, with a few competency. tax cuts. Yeah, yeah that's
2: right.
0: Well, well, the other uh, thing I was thinking was also, and I know he said that, you know, my, my prime ministership, I won't do this, all this kind of stuff. But after the election, when you have parties like the Māori Party and the Green Party saying, no, these are bottom lines, you go, well, sorry, I said that, but I've got dragged there because that's what they want. And if I don't do it, I'm not in government, so we're going to go there anyway. And then do it early. And then by the time it gets to the next election, now maybe he's not that strategic,
2: but that's a way of getting around it. But the, so so with with either party, when when the major party is is struggling... The minor party could be where the vision comes from, actually. Yeah. Well,
3: the only party, the only party proudly saying that they're going to bring in radical policy and meaning radical is good mm. is Te Party. Māori. Mm. Mm. Anyone else. The Greens might hurt a little
2: bit here, you say that. No,
3: but, but they use the word radical they're to crying. describe their, their self described radical policy sure. to Party Māori. They're owning that word, they're owning the fact that they're going out on the limb yep. compared to the other parties. If you said... To those other parties, if a commentator described that policy as radical, would you think that was a good or a bad thing? Right. I think they would think Mm. it was a bad thing. Very different from
1: the previous uh, iteration of the Māori Party. Absolutely. Absolutely.
3: But they say they're owning it. And when I spoke to um, Rawiri Waititi about his um, tax policy and said, well, it's interesting that both you and the National Party describe this as a radical policy.
2: (laughs) Uh, Which is what
0: ruled them out of a national coalition. Yes. Uh, and, and And,
3: And he said, radical's good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Radical is good. You don't get changed without being <laughs> radical. Yeah. Radical is good. You wouldn't have turned
2: into saying that. No.
0: Yeah. And, but the other thing, if you look at the other side of the um, of the spectrum, is what happens with Winston Seymour and or if that's going to happen at all, Winston Seymour yeah. and Luxon, um, because you've got a party who is basically saying they're anti woke. You know, that, that's their catchphrase. New yeah. first are saying, "Well, we're anti woke," and you know, again, the latest poll they went up. Four point one percent, and that age-old question of uh, All right, "Well, uh, Winston's is coming back"
2: <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's, is the one that this. everyone will be asking. Let's do this. What do we think about Winston? Let's do this. That's a good phrase. <laughs> Some party should uh, capture that. Oh my god, it just—it's in my head. Um, let's let's listen to what Winston Peters has said so far. Well, actually, he said last year. Uh, to Audrey Young, I think. Um, nah, not going with, with, with Labour. That was the first time he actually said very openly. Um, but then he's been asked again since. We
1: not going with Labour because of the way they behaved and their racist, separatist policies.
2: So that was just a few weeks ago. Um, the first time he ruled out Labour, he said, this crowd, which was under Ardern, and you could argue there was room for him to move in terms of now with Hopkins the new leader. But this was just a couple of weeks ago. He's ruling out Labour. Does it mean anything? Maybe I mean if you go
1: back to 05, he said we are definitely going to sit on the cross benches, right? right? And and um, after the O five uh, election he was made foreign minister. So um, you have to... You, <laughs> and and he would still argue with you. Inches. He'd go down to the basement and get a document out of the boot of his car and tell you it was slightly different or whatever. So you've got to give him a bit of wriggle room there. But yeah, it is, it is interesting because he's ruled himself out of the kingmaker position now, well, hasn't he, in, in, that, in, in that sense? If, if, he, if yeah. he's true to, the, true to his word, This is
2: what interests me about this election is that we... And I'm still seeing it in the media coverage now that about whether Te Pāti Māori yeah. or New Zealand First will be kingmakers. Te- potentially... They can't be kingmakers. National has ruled out Te Pate Māori, um, so theoretically they can only go one way. New Zealand First has ruled themselves out of a coalition with Labour, so they can only go charge. one way. Yes, and and now ACT has ruled out working with
1: Winston, Winston Peters in Peter, a National Act coalition, so the, the, the doors are closing on, on, on Mr this Peters. This is really but bad. This like is different, right? We, we haven't like
2: had that. an MP election like this. Well, every MP election has been about Oh, who's going to go with who, and who's not ruling out who, and will they go left or right? Yeah, this is quite. And a, everyone's. This, got, this is got, quite a genuine blocks. MMP election right? in that you've got
1: the centre party and its flank party. Mm. So yeah. you know, the National Labour and then the Greens and ACT to their flanks, and, and it's kind of those those teams, those blocks, isn't mm. it? you got yeah, two with blocks. The,
0: with the party Maori, if, if the left side gets over. Yeah. But the other thing is the perfect scenario for national is what's played out in the poll. Winston gets 4% wasted votes. Yes, it does. Yes. It's
2: true.
3: He doesn't yeah, get over 5 true.
0: and then national's in with ACT, right? that. right? And, that and is, all problems yeah. are, are solved. What changes is if he gets over 5 then yeah. we have to see what happens after that. Now, he could just go confidence and supply and offset on the cross benches, And by the way, if you give me a ball I'll take it. Not necessarily as a part of a cabinet arrangement. But, you know, that, that's He wants what it, to
2: be part of cabinet, though, doesn't
0: he? That's his whole reason to love. Well, of course he does. Well, and, you know, And Shane does as well. Yeah, yeah you know i mean and and the the anti woke thing i like, personally think, and most people will probably say who know these guys really well, they don't believe a word of it. They really don't. They're set for this angle, they don't believe a word of it. I mean, Shane most of the Shane pro- Jones pro- pro- is not, yeah. provincial oh. growth fund went on marae to Taito, not most of it, a lot of the resource went on provincial growth fund into Taito. No. Yeah. You know, this is who Shane Jones is, right? Yeah. So don't believe any of the spin that they're saying. They're just saying it to get over the 5% whether they can get there, and that's but their it, only so, way. But
2: it is different. that Winston Peters has previously said I'm the kingmaker. This time he's ruled one of the yeah. major parties out. Yeah, he
3: spent one of his biggest bargaining by he saying is. that he's not going to go with Labour, so he's he's. Um can't, can't lay bel- his favourite children off uh, against uh, no, But other. do voters actually hear
2: that, or do they still think, ah, oh, Winston will do I, what he I, wants th- anyway? I, think, I mean,
1: he's incredibly smart as a, as a mm. politician, isn't he? Yeah. I think this is what he's done. Um, I, haven't, I haven't got a, um, a direct line to his way of thinking, <laughs> but I reckon no. this is what he's done. I reckon he has very early sensed that Labour's going to lose, and um. he, that he sensed this a long time ago, and that his best chance of getting back is for voters who want to, rid of Labour, but mm. don't quite trust this Chris Luxon's bit new doesn't really know what he's doing and acts a bit radical so I'll get old um, Winston to sort of take the rough edges off them and that's what he's relying on he's relying yeah. on an anti-Labour vote and him as to buy yourself some insurance and I can b- get this Luxon guy in, in, into line and I think he's made that call early and strategically it's probably not a bad shot for him he, yeah, he can't play the kingmaker but he just wants to get back into parliament he loves the mm, place yeah. and that's what he wants to do he's
2: Uncle Winnie to, to Luxon in the same way he'll provide the
1: experience and he knows too that backing a third-term government, as he did in as he did in '05. You're gone. Yeah. He mm-hmm. doesn't like to do it. He did it in '96 too, didn't he? Mm-hmm. He backed a third-term national government. The whole yeah. thing blew up. Yeah. And when you, so, so he knew this. He, but he knows, but all this. And That's why he's he said. I'm. He, he's basically saying I'd go with um I'd go with national because if, uh, uh, in and the third term. Imagine it, Winston and Labor and all. that. But this guys. is
2: where None. where he does switch around, right? In '96, I think it was he said. I'm you know, I'm I'm going to I'm not going to sit in a cabinet with Jenny Shipley or with Richard. No, so that that was, was, to, like, it was that was to Henry who right, said that. Okay. Yeah,
1: he's yeah he. He's, he, yeah, he, was, a, he was yeah, for,
2: but he, most okay. of New Zealand thought and that he were going to play and he went the other way and he, and he, and yeah. he didn't but if so he could still go so he could still go with Labor, but I take your point. No, he wasn't. Well, let's let's be. We but have I think, to, we take, have to take
1: him in good faith, even, yeah, okay. even though he's done whatever he, he's done. We still have to say he's, he's ruled himself out of working with Labor. I think there's no point triple guessing I, ourselves. I think he had he, to. I think yeah, you're right. And I yeah. think he, I think, if he okay, didn't I think, do that, he's nowhere near for yeah, I think we have to believe him that he has ruled out Labor. We, we, okay. We, did, so, yeah.
3: okay, then given that you've brought up the potential 4.1% of wasted vote, is it a masterstroke by Christopher Luxon and mm. the National Party not to rule out Winston Peters? I must because. Have you it, raised eh? the point of people bleeding from uh, Winston mm. Peters to the ACT Party. Do you want Winston's 4.1% if you say, I'm not working with you, Winston, to go to the potential coalition partner that has more weight, heft, mm. and expects more in government with you? Yeah, so I like the Prime Minister Show no, mm. It's interesting.
1: Um, <laughs> you don't must, must have looks- thought a lot about this. I don't
2: know. National I mean, doesn't, doesn't ev- think they will get... National must think that they would get some of that 4% themselves, wouldn't they? They were hoping to, to Julian's point—that's—they will get exactly.
1: Let's say that these poll numbers are right. Yeah. They would get, and just so people realise this, is how the system worked, they would get thirty-six yeah. percent of that four percent. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. So, yes. so they get that anyway. And Julian's right. That, that's a perfect. That's a perfect score for. That. They would love that if if Peter's got four percent. Whereas, if um, because you know they they you well, suck up the
2: residual.
3: Yeah. Where? Whereas, if you gave voters the opportunity to defect to another party by saying, I will not work with Winston Peters, um, then you could be faced with an entirely different scenario. While National may pick up some of that vote, Act would potentially mm. pick up uh, a chunk of that. I, I suppose yeah, in
1: some is. ways Seymour's done it for him, hasn't he? So we now know, really, that there can't can't be...
3: What were his words, th- though, his exact words? Cab- sitting around the Cabinet table or something to that effect? Yeah,
1: I, I so, take that to mean the Executive as a whole, so he won't be part of the Government with a capital G, which is the Government as people. Mm-hmm. Should know is 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 the memorandum of
3: understanding.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't be. Does part that of, yeah. count? I, what, what I was going to say is, is no one can control whether he gets into parliament, except the voters. No. It's whether he's in government. Yes, and are now saying it's not not looking like he would be in government with either side. But who
2: who knows? I suppose it's possible. But Peters would, but you know, Mister. Baubles of office, Winston Peters, is, is his goal is not just to get into parliament, it's to get into. Canada. Well he's done quite a few terms just in Parliament Yeah
1: I guess he has. Yep.
0: He loves I, it I, What I thought yeah. you were going to force us to do was put our yeah. nuts on the line to well, use I'm being, a phrase I'm being nice. Uh, and say so whether or not he's to? going to get over 5% well, well I will say no, of doubt. I'm later. not prepared to make a call now <laughs> <laughs>
1: Guy on and Lisa may be more brave than I no. am, but I'm not prepared to make.
3: Later call on, we, we should have force to make a call every week <laughs> yeah. and change our minds
1: if the facts change, my opinions change yeah. too.
3: Later on, we make you write it down and seal it in an envelope. <laughs> we
1: do, yeah, that's oh, coming later. I, I, I will say this: I think it's going to be very hard for him yeah. um, because you know he's got usually three big cards. Right, it's fear that. Um, m- modern iterations of Maori politics are going to have too much power. That's, yeah. that's one big card he always plays. Yeah. He plays the immigration um, card mm. very, very strongly. Now that's been ripped off him. ACT has um, well, taken a lot of... Well, immigration's coming back. Y- yes, it is, but not as a political issue. No, I think people, people still in their heads think the borders are somehow, might be closed or whatever. I, I, and you, I think you, You're probably... right, the numbers are, are there, but I'm just saying, no. two of his biggest cards, that is fear that somehow Maori are going to take too much power, yeah. that has that been co-opted by by act and the immigration card isn't isn't there for him, so he's been he's been lurching around the
2: sort of anti-vax sentiment too, yes, and, and try yes. and there's a lot of competition in that space. And, so I think yeah. it's going to be sex tough education for him. in schools and that kind of stuff. Yeah. The immigration stuff now is that I think yeah, immigration in people's mind is not different people people who are different from me arriving it's all more nurses and, and teachers and stuff. Yes. So so yes. our and view of immigration has out changed, not it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs>
1: the, it's, the,
0: it's, the one we haven't talked a lot about is, is the Green Party and uh-huh. given what's happened with climactic events and weather events this year, uh, you would have thought that they'd corner the market a little bit more than they have at the moment. Now they've talked about wealth tax and all that kind of stuff. Um, they need to get boots on the ground in places like Ngati Kauingonu, you um, you know, Coromandel those kind of places and really start pushing that message a lot more and I don't think we're hearing enough of it might be because the leaders are kind of bound a little bit because they're ministers, right? So they can't do a real kind of big campaign launch until the end of August. But the fact that we haven't heard a lot more from them, particularly given you know predictions and all that kind of stuff about climate, uh, is kind of interesting for me. But, and I but
2: fair, well, again, going by last night's poll, nine point six percent the Greens up a bit. Um, that would be their third best result ever if no, they, no, got, true, that's if they true. got 9.6. That's, that's going no, that's into election true, but, campaign. But they, should be, matching, the they
0: should be matching Act at 12. You reckon? Right? Well, yeah, because I would have yeah, thought with lot of, 32. With 32. With yeah. Labor lot with Labour With Labour at With Labour thinking they should yeah. be getting more of that. So where's that other vote going? Yeah, and is it undecided? They're only picking up, yeah. if
3: you look at how much Labour dropped, they're only picking up uh, approximately half yeah. of Labor's dropped yeah. vote. So where's the other half going?
1: I think Julian makes good points there. I think, though sometimes is the problem for for the greens that when your policies become mainstream um you know you you, you lose your exclusivity over them don't you so if you if you kind of want to look at what labor's policy is going to be in 10 years time you look at where <laughs> the greens are now and so a lot of their th- a, a lot of their policies that were deemed radical back in the day mm. are now are now pretty mainstream yeah. and um so you lose some of your you know uh, unique Uniqueness, I guess.
0: No, that's true. And because they, as I say, they're co-leaders and ministers, they're probably bound a little bit in terms of campaign launch. But the one they need to get out there more, and she's the one that people look at now is Chloe, mm. and she's yeah. their political jewel in their crown.
2: Yeah, that's fair. All right, people, that is, um, I think, our agenda worked through uh, for this week. So I will take um, that, and um, I'll send you the minutes later, and you can to sign off. Oh, we can just pour over every <laughs> word. We're
1: not going to have any caucus resignations or uh, sackings or anything. God,
2: untenable. Uh, <laughs> this is. This is not untenable. This, this is a, <laughs> a joy and a pleasure. And it's been great to have you with us, uh, listeners. It's great to be back in your ears. Um, so thanks for your time, Julian. Thank you. Sure done. Lisa. Ka kite. And Guyan. Matewa. We will be back with you next week, next Thursday uh, and Sunday on the radio. Have a great week.